0: Hello and welcome to our next podcast on all things osteo. It's Joe here and it is a Friday morning, um, back to start clinic shortly. So today um, I thought I would talk about the mighty hallux. So, the big toe, and how super important the big toe is to absolutely everything in the world um all things osteo for sure, so I spend a lot of time with um with doing biomechanical assessments because my um past was my past life was in um Sports science, exercise science, movement, functional rehab, um, personal training, all of that stuff. Um I've spent a lot of time in looking at how people move and I've done quite a few podiatry courses and workshops Um, along my osteopathic studies as well. So I'm kind of a bit obsessed with the big toe. And um, we need the big toe to move and then we get everything else to move perfectly. And actually, it can very much be the missing link in the puzzle when things aren't quite fixing themselves as they should do. You look at the big toe and how the big toe moves or lack thereof. And actually, sort that out and you can basically sort a whole load of stuff out so, um, really, really important. First of all, is I just um, I just look at what's going on with the feet, and um, the windlass mechanism, or provoking a windlass mechanism, is a really, really good way to start. Um, so, getting your getting your patients stood, um, and what we need to try and do is. Um, elicit a, a dorsiflexion of the big toe joint. And what should happen is with a, m- like a medium amount of resistance, you should be able to get the big toe joint to um, lift through the plantar fascia. The arch should lift. The foot should supinate ever so gently. We get a rotation through to the fibula and the fibula head should move. Um, and we do that um on either side and you can basically just compare to start with so um comparing the movement the recoil the rotation through the foot up to the fib head and actually you can even see it going up higher than that through the fascial chain laterally up to the hip um but it is just so important to make sure that the big toe is moving so what I find is that in people where um a Especially pelvic issues, and actually, a lot of the time I see this in pregnant women as well. But a lot of the pelvic issues that come about hip pain, um, lumbar spine, all sorts of things around that area um, can be about the fact that we're not able to move through the foot into the big toe well enough. So, first of all, just trying out the windlass mechanism seeing whether it's intact and see whether it blocks. And it's dead simple. So you dorsiflex the big toe joint and see what it does. And on patients where there's quite a significant um, block, you will see it. And I actually depict that in my notes. So I'll say windlass um, blocks almost immediately or it can block at the arch and you basically see absolutely no movement through the midfoot at all or it can block at the fib or it can block right at the top of the fib head you see so if you can kind of follow what should happen on either side it gives you a really really good indication of where the problem is Um, and obviously we never just look at the foot but actually if we can do that alongside the pelvic rehab and it's absolutely amazing. So what we need is we need a decent amount of dorsiflexion through the big toe joint enough to be able to get the power from the heel through the full foot into the big toe and off. So we gain the most amount of acceleratory force if we're able to do this beautifully, seamlessly um from one foot to the other particularly if you've got um problems running but even walking really and we have a lot of problems if we either don't have enough resistance or we have too much so a lot of the time in people who are really unstable through their foot and this is where you tend to get quite a lot of stuff going on through the pelvis and in pregnant women a lot of spd kind of issues um and um, hip problems lumbar spine having to overwork it can often be because we've actually got not enough um, not enough resistance through the foot so we start to lift off the big toe joint in the windlass mechanism and what it does is it flips straight into supination like almost straight off the foot becomes completely inverted Um And it flips straight away. So you're then thinking, well, actually, if it's doing that the whole time, those lateral stabilizers are having to work way, way too hard. And we're never getting through the big toe joint. If we don't get through the big toe joint, think of the implications going all the way up through the chain. A lot of the time, we can't then get from the heel through the lateral foot to the big toe. And if we can't do that well enough, like we're too supinated, we can't pronate properly, we can get issues going all the way up through to the hip. If we're staying in kind of on the lateral side of the foot too much, our um, TFL is just going to end up super short and tight as as it pulls through your lateral um, myofascial chain all the way down through ITB, pulling through there, pulling through the perineals, can't quite cope destabilization of the SI joint. So, um, and then a whole host of other problems as we know. So what we want to try and do is actually encourage more um, pronation through those sorts of feet. And we also actually need to encourage more balance work, but in the right plane. So that's if there's not enough pronation and we can actually then work through to try and get person to pronate more so we can literally work through from the hip all the way through to the big toe joint to try and get more pronation in those patients and actually I think this has been more and more prevalent recently or even in the last decade really with the whole anti-pronation thing through trainers so you go to um gait analysis shops this is a long time ago particularly i would say in the last five to ten years and it's very much like we need to stop the pronation people are pronating too much so they end up in trainers actually that kind of support them too highly i have loads of people coming in saying they got told to use asics kyanos which are very very big strong structural arch supportive trainers and a lot of the time these are for much much heavier people than are being given So you get quite a slight runner, but they supposedly got a flat foot um, and then they're given these um, massively big, big, big arch shoes. The big arch trainers, um, same as too much arch on an insole, will stop the um, first MTP doing anything so it will stop that big toe power if you're not getting the power through the big toe the whole rest of the foot has to just work so hard and the hip obviously so actually what I do is I encourage pronations so I get them to do some lunges which work through that pronatory pattern from the heel all the way around through to the big toe joint with a little bit of rotation um, in terms of osteopathically through um, through what we actually do articulation wise so we're going to make sure that the cuboid usually the cuboid is quite restricted on these feet the t- Halus is quite restricted. So we'll work through there, midfoot, and then all the way up through to the fib head. And there's usually a restriction at the fib and um, at the at the fib head if that's going on as well because it's being pulled through too much by the perineals. So, um, so that's if there's too much supination. And actually, interestingly, if, um, if somebody, if when they're stood up before you even go to do the windlass, and you can see that they um, the top of the big toe joint, so that IP joint is hyperextended, so the tip of the big toe isn't even on the floor. You start to do the windlass, and you'll actually see that the first joint to move is the IP joint on that big toe joint. And if that's happening, if you then can then try and bypass that to try and get the first MTP moving, it literally just doesn't move. It's completely solid. So therefore, that poor little body is trying to do absolutely everything through the IP joint. And we're much more likely to then get degenerative change in that IP joint. And then the big toe joint just won't move properly either. So actually, we need to encourage the whole of that toe being down and on the floor, spread out, and getting the movement through the first MTP. So actually, the best way of doing that as well is a little bit of wedging. So if you put a bit of wedging underneath the toe, which goes right up. Um, to the, um, to the ball of the foot. So that first MTP and then get them to do some lunging and some movements. That's a great way. So we're moving from the heel all the way through and getting the big toe joint to move. So it's all about that acceleratory control, heel through to the big toe and off in order to basically make sure that the whole rest of the chain is working really, really well. So we've got a low supination resistance. So there's, low resistance to supination it's much more lateralized we're not getting off onto the big toe at all they're really really unstable through the foot and they're not allowed to get back onto the big toe joint to toe off so basically encouragement of all of that is really really useful um and from the other respect you've then got too high a supination resistance. So then when they're stood, there's so much resistance to supination, it's not going out the other way. So then you can pronate beautifully, but you can't supinate or even re-supinate, so, which is required through the whole gait cycle. In these cases, what we tend to do is they tend to go quite Stompy so they kind of make a noise when they're walking and a lot of the time in these cases. They've actually lost their control on deceleration, so they're just like slamming into the floor When they come down through to this aspect, they've got so much weight through to their big toe joint, you try and elicit the windlass and it literally does nothing. It blocks straight off. So we've got the opposite where it just supinates straight away, it flips out the whole time. And then you've got the other where you literally cannot pronate, uh, you cannot supinate. So you're trying to get through and out onto the lateral aspect and you can't because you've got all of your weight coming down into the big toe joint too much. So we've either got too much going through there or not enough either way it kind of creates similar problems um, in a slightly different way. if they can't move through their foot like this and they're pronating too much, it's usually a, an excessive subtalar pronate pronation. So in which case you try and get their arch a little bit stronger, do lots of barefoot stuff, tiptoe walking, um, anything like that is really, really useful. And you can actually use taping to help them lift up through their arches a little bit more. But supposing they are pronating too much and they've got so much weight through the medial aspect of the foot, they can't go onto the outside aspect of the foot, they tend to then add in a bit of an abductory twist when they're walking, so they kind of put their foot down, they slam the foot down, and because they can't get off of the big toe to it properly, because they can't pronate through it properly, they tend to twist through the midfoot. And if they're twisting through the midfoot, that's actually ending up being an abductory twist through the heel and we actually then end up, interestingly, internally rotating too much through the hip. So as we all know, too much internal rotation through the hip will totally turn off the glutes through the normal natural Um, cycle where we need the glutes to load so eccentrically and then concentrically load through the gait cycle the glutes will actually end up being turned off for most of it and they're not crossing over so what we end up doing then is we get what um, a lot of people will say there's weak glutes but you can work the glutes until the cows come home but if we're not actually getting the right amount of movement through the hip when we walk, when we run, when we move, then, you know, doing all of those glute exercises mm-hmm. will just cause irritation and annoyance and um, to all of the local muscles, piriformis probably do too much, um, rather than actually getting to the crux of the issue. So in those cases, we need to teach the body how to supinate. So it's kind of simple. You go, right, what's the foot doing? Try the windlass out straight off, cause it's just brilliant. And you can see loads of videos for doing the windlass um, online. And I'm gonna do a few actually. Um, But actually, you do that, first of all, you get a really, really good indication. Another great indication of how the big toe and the foot is moving is by just doing a single leg balance. See where the body naturally goes. Um, And the same on the other side. So remember, if we've got, to be fair, always look at the big toe, always look at how the foot moves. But... If you have issues that aren't resolving themselves in one or two appointments, which really that's what we're kind of looking at doing, right, Um, and particularly ones that are exacerbated when the patient is walking and absolutely when they were running, then we need to look at what's going on always look at the big toe joint. And if they're not getting the power and the movement through the big toe joint, look up that whole chain. So we'll look at the big toe, look at cuboid, look at how the talus is moving. Is there too much resistance to supination? Not enough resistance to supination. Move up through the chain. Fib head always comes up to the hip. So all pelvic issues, you want to look at that. And then once we've got the foot loading better, um, get them into the right pair of shoes that's going to work for them. And barefoot is great um, around the house, but when you're outside, get them in some some trainers that aren't going to support them too much, but then you know not enough. So it's kind of getting it getting it just right. And um, lots of people swear by barefoot shoes. Um, Dewey's out, I think, at the moment. Um, But um, if it works for you, it works for you. But generally, um, inside barefoot and then when we're outside, getting into the right pair of trainers that doesn't provide too much resistance, um, too much cushioning, too much support in the wrong way and actually stops your foot behaving how it should. If you see a lot of pregnant women... Um, and postnatal actually, even up to like 18 months postnatal, always look at the foot and what's behaving there because a lot of SPD can be caused by this inflammatory um, issue which is going on through the pelvis in response to how the foot moves and we all know that we um we change our foot mechanics through pregnancy hormonally but also mechanically because our weight is totally shifted um and also the hormones will um allow the spring ligament a little bit more laxity than it should do so even our proprioception will be affected so um so it really really does work. And interestingly I had a patient um come in last last week who had no pain but his wife had basically said that every time they go running he keeps kicking his own calf and um so it wasn't he literally came with no pain but he wanted a full biomechanical assessment because all he did was kick his calf. So this was 2 weeks ago. And um so we worked through the whole of the mechanics interestingly he was doing totally pathomechanical um movement through the heel, through the foot and into the big toe joint. Um and very, very different on one side. So one side was over supinating, one side was under supinating. Um we had a bit of an abductory twist, so it was causing too much internal rotation through the hips. Anyway, super interesting. Work through the whole um the whole chain. Um cuboid was stuck Titus was stuck we did some taping to help get the foot mechanics a little bit better got the fib head released and then actually just worked up through the pelvis and spine thoracics released as well because obviously it'll follow up the whole chain comes back in and he'd done a pb in his park run which he'd never done before so even this is why it's so brilliant to look at the big toe joint um and the foot for loads of stuff because it's just showing you if we can get the right mechanism, it just means then the whole rest of the body can work so 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 much better. Pregnant women, you can almost you, we, obviously we'll work on where where the where the bump is loading, what's going on higher up the chain, but to get the crux of that pelvic pain and why it keeps coming back why when they're walking just look down at the feet and see how the big toe joint's moving and then see what happens so um yeah so it's just the best joint to look at ever and I just I'm I'm just a bit obsessed with the big toe joint and what it does and so um so I thought it would be a really good podcast to do all about the mighty hallux um There's obviously tons, tons more we can talk about um, in terms of biomechanics and how it affects the whole rest of the body. But today, we'll leave it there on the big hallux, the amazing joint of the whole body. Um, And hope you've all found it really, really interesting. And I look forward to speaking to all soon. Have a super lovely Friday and I will see you on the next one. (music) Bye-bye.